With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. No way to be ready for the podcast and immediately choking on your spit as soon as you start recording. Oh, welcome to That's Good Sports. I'm Brandon Perna here with Will Keys. This is the That's Good Sports podcast, uh, which every time we talk about Drew Locke seems to be a popular podcast again. So from now on, this will just be the Drew Locke podcast with other football mentionings. Uh, we got a lot to talk about today. Will and I both watched the Belichick Saban documentary. Uh, Broncos play the Chiefs. So Drew Locke will return to his home state of Missouri. Um, So we're going to probably talk about that for a little bit. Then all of the games, Will is one ahead of me still on the season prediction record for all of the the weekly picks. And uh, yeah, so we'll, we'll do all of that. If you don't know the format by now, I can't, I don't know. I can't help you, but maybe you're new here and you're, this is the first time you're listening if so, you probably already clicked away. Yeah. No, if you made it past the one minute mark, thank you. This hour long podcast's average viewer duration of one less than one minute. Yeah, that's all you can ask for, really. <laughs> Anybody that has the attention span, uh, especially today, you know, with phones and, and all that stuff, if anyone has the attention span to to actually sit down and, and listen to or watch our hour-long podcast. It's the greatest compliment we could ever receive. Yeah, no, it really is. It's You could listen to three of our podcasts within one Irishman. Yeah, probably. probably. Have you yeah, – you watched it. Oh, yeah, I watched that. Yeah. We might it's, have talked about it, but – we I, are, Yeah, we did talk about it last week. But I don't think you had finished it. Yeah, I don't think you'd finished it yet. I can't remember. No, um, but we did watch the Belichick Saban documentary, and I think there are some interesting things to talk about here. I know you had some thoughts. Yeah, I mean, anytime HBO puts out a documentary, uh, it's it's worth a watch. And definitely, this one is is interesting. You know, two coaches—they both have six championships, right, under their under their belt. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, Belichick has more, but as head coaches. Right. Belichick. He's got eight total. That's a lot. That is two more than Tom Brady, you know? Hmm. Just saying. Hmm. Uh, okay, yeah. Okay, the, the, the things that I, I took away. Right in the very beginning, you learned something very interesting, that both <laughs> Belichick and uh, Saban are Croatian. and they That's take, right. They take pride in being Croatian. I did not know this. And Croatia is a place I always see like a picture of, and I go, oh, shit, that place looks cool. Where is that? It's like Croatia. Like, oh, man, I need to go to Croatia. But then yeah. I realize it does, it's because it is in Europe, and it never to me sounded like a place that was in Europe. And it seems. It's like, like Greece, it's Mediterranean. Yeah, but it looks cool. So Although, if, uh, if, there's, if that country is spitting out people like Bill Belichick and Nick Saban, maybe don't want to go on vacation there. It's just a bunch of like 60 year old men who uh, only know a lot about one thing and yeah. uh, just trying to get you to be the best version of yourself, but doing it in a very sort of boring, boring way. Correct. Yeah. yeah. I don't want to go there either. Uh, also, Nick Saban did a lot of film editing when he was running footage back and forth. Oh yeah. Uh, early in his coaching day, he was having to chop up real film. Shit looks so hard. He's probably more of a film editor than uh, I am considering, well, I have edited one one bad film, but I've done a lot of video editing, never had to chop actual film. So, that got my attention. But really, I thought that 
Nick's their friends. Saban and Belichick are friends. Yeah. But I thought that they should never be allowed to talk to each other, have email communications, or share information anyway because they're already at an advantage over everybody else, and I don't think it's fair that they're able to enhance each other's legacy by being best friends and learning from each other. Well, here's, here's the thing, though, is Nick Saban brought this up, uh, and he said – because Bill Belichick was at the Alabama Pro Day – and he asked Nick Saban, like, who's the best player here? Which is a very simple question. And a question I think most coaches would ask at pro days. But apparently Nick Saban uh, said that coaches don't really ask him about his players. Which I guess I understand because most coaches are going to be complimentary of their players. And they're biased, obviously. But it seemed like Nick Saban was pretty, uh, you know, pretty realistic about his guys. Yeah, well, I think he said, like, he's going to always shoot straight with other coaches about players and yeah. that he will give them the things he believes are very good about that player. And I think he pitched it as he always, you know, there's always a but. And he said, when I throw the but in there, like, I'm going to be fair to the player and to the coach and say, this guy is, you know, great here, here, and here. But these are the things that, you know, I'm concerned about or these are the things he has to work on. So he was basically saying – I would be a great source of information for other coaches if they took the fucking time to give me a phone call and ask about players. But yeah. oftentimes guys, coaches who have never talked to me all of a sudden draft a player and then later like something doesn't work out. And he basically said, I would have told them those things about that player, but nobody ever asks me. Um, yeah. He also said like Ruben Foster was going to be fine if he was in a structured environment and that didn't work out. Yeah, well, and, and that is true. When you're a, not even just a coach, but just like as a person and you're around other people for, you know, three or four years or however long it is, you're going to develop, you know, relationships with those people and probably, you know, hope the best for them, even if other signs are pointing towards that not being the case for, you know, a certain player or that they're going to make mistakes again or, or something like that. Um, you, uh, I'm trying to remember you talking about Belichick being there talking. Oh yeah. The thing that I was thinking about when, when watching them at the combine and was, I wonder like how many players Nick Saban has had who he would love to see go to the Patriots and, and be coached by Belichick, but oh, he yes. knows they will never get that chance because the Patriots always pick at the top of the first round. Like, if I could ask a question for that documentary, it would be like, which – give me, like, one or two players you really wanted to see go into Belichick's, like, system. Like, a guy who maybe, uh, I don't know, was super talented and you knew that would be the best place, and then maybe a guy you knew just wouldn't last to that part of the first round, uh, but, you know, had just more more to give, you thought, and would really kind of – hit his, you know, max potential in the NFL. That's – when I was watching it, that was something I, I thought about. So. Yeah, I mean, I think if Bill Belichick's obviously has gotten six Super Bowls out of Tom Brady, I, I think if he had picked, like, Greg McElroy, I think he could have gotten a couple of Super Bowls out of him. Greg McElroy? Yeah. <laughs> was, that, was that an Alabama quarterback? Yeah, it's just some average quarterback from Alabama that scored, Back like, in a the 48 day. on his Wonderlick. Oh, so smart guy. For a little bit. Yeah, I think you know. I think if you put most quarterbacks in the Belichick system, you're looking at multiple rings. But yeah, easy. Yeah, something I mean, like that is who I had in mind. Jimmy Garoppolo might get one this year. There, AJ McCarron. Don't get me started. That's you know the potential dynasty. I think, uh, but I had some thoughts on the film as well. Um, first of all, Steve Belichick, his son. Also, did you move your mic? Did I? A minute ago? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, you put it just a little too far away. Oh, damn. Oh, yeah, that's better. There we go. Okay. okay. I was just tired of the blinking light. Uh, I think it was getting into the into the frame. But it's okay. I'll have a seizure on the show. It's fine. It's fine. That's it, okay. It'll it, be good content. Yeah. <laughs> go for it. Um, I was going to say that Steve Belichick, his son. Now you're a little too loud. 
Oh, God damn it. <laughs> what do you want from me? How about this? I think that's probably better. How about this? Yeah, right there. Right okay. there. Right there. Not touching it. Okay. All right, third time's a charm. Steve Belichick, Bill Belichick's son, he's so obnoxiously like his dad in the way he sounds and the way he talks. Uh, I, I can't – I hate him already. I hate him so much. <laughs> Fuck him. He talk, like He talks like his dad – well, first of all, he talks like an exaggerated version of his dad. It's like if someone like smoked opium or, or did Xanax and then tried to do a Bill Belichick impression. That's what it would come out like. Um, first of all, like he's just horrendously ugly. He's one of the uglier people I've ever seen walk the walk the earth. He's got like this horrible like mullet haircut, um, which is just vile. His face, uh, he looks like he was beaten in the face several times the, with an aluminum baseball bat. And the way he talks is just so grotesque. And um, I know he's going to be the head coach of the Patriots one day. And um, I hate it. Wow. Really, really going in on his looks there, Will. <laughs> uh, like, like looks are off limits with the Patriots. Come on. Well... I'll give I'll give credit to the the haircut. I mean, that's like a you know that's a choice he makes. And it's a cho- It's a choice to be ugly. I think too. Wow! Wow! So superficial. <laughs> this is a body body positive podcast. I'm not it talking always, about his body. I'm talking about his face. Always has been. Uh, you, that that was one of your big takeaways from the the documentary. One of my big takeaways, uh, also at which the is end, weird because as somebody who's only watched seventy five percent of that documentary, will I have yet to see Steve Belichick in it, other than the Steve Belichick that is Bill's father that they talk about. Right. Okay, but you've you've seen or heard Steve Belichick? Well, I have, but is he even in the documentary? Yeah, for a little bit. Okay. okay. He and his other son is much more normal looking. Interesting. Um, Does his other son coach? I don't know. I can't remember. Hmm. Probably. Hmm. What else would they do? His daughter's a lacrosse coach, too. Talking about erectile dysfunction isn't easy. But it's not hard either, just like you. Usually, we just brush it off or blame ourselves, saying things like, I lost my mojo, or we avoid it altogether with excuses like, I had a long day at work. But with Roman, it is easy to talk about with a real doctor who can prescribe you real medication. It's simple, safe, and totally discreet. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the privacy of your home. If medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you with free two-day shipping. Getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com slash BlueWire and complete an online visit. Again, just go to GetRoman.com slash BlueWire to get a free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's Roman.com slash BlueWire for a free visit to get started. GetRoman.com slash BlueWire. Um, but speaking of his daughter, there's a scene at the end at, uh, they kind of super cut together, Nick Saban and Bill Belichick watch, walking their daughters down the aisle. And, um, you know, Saban looks normal enough, They're, they both do a, uh, a wedding dance, their daughters, very nice. But then Bill, Bill Belichick goes up and, uh, he, he gives a speech at the, at wedding? the, at the reception and, it's so horrible. It's like uh it's like giving him giving a press conference, except like he knows like he has to like kinda try here. And he just goes like, uh, my daughter Amanda, um, she got a lot of grit, a lot of a lot of toughness. Uh my daughter, uh remember the day uh we brought her into this world. Uh we lost to the Miami Dolphins back in nineteen eighty four. He literally like talks about like the game. Happened like before she was uh, his daughter was born. It's like got blown out. Twenty nine, it's done. Anyway, that night Amanda was born, and uh, I, you know, I fell in love with her immediately. Beautiful blue eyes. Anyway, she's getting married today. <laughs> it was uh, it was very um, awkward. Um, that was a nice conclusion. That's capable of uh, 
uh, of conveying his his emotions properly. No, he struggles with that. Makes for a good head football coach, but uh, a weird a weird person in pretty much every other facet of life. Well, I mean, I think he's just he's just a guy who likes football more than he does people. Of course, yeah. And, and, and don't get me wrong, I think he really cares about, like, his team and his players and probably now his son because his son is a coach. Uh, yeah, no, I but, think he loves his family. But he – it's like – yeah, it's like somebody who loves a thing more than people, right? That's Yes. To me, that's like if I had to try to describe who Bel- Bill Belichick is – to somebody who doesn't know anything about him, I think that's where I would start. I think that's uh, yeah. I, guess, I think you could say that about Belichick and Saban. I think that's fair. Uh, but we've talked. Yeah, about- but Saban Saban seems a little more personable. He seems I don't know a little more like he's got like the the faux. And I don't want to say it's fake because it's not with him. But he's like got that a little bit of that like hard ass coach mentality, but yeah. also like. I could go feel like I could have a beer with Nick Saban and find a way to have a conversation where Belichick, the only way I feel like I could have a conversation with him is if I started bringing up like obscure football references that would, you know, get him going that he would just start talking about. That's fair. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Saban seems more normal to me. Is I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. He's got a more human spectrum of emotions. I think. That's fair. You know, anyway, it is an interesting documentary. It is, yeah. Would you recommend it based on the 75% of the film you've seen? I'd recommend it for people who really like football. I, yeah. didn't, I, I feel like I didn't learn anything profound about either guy. because I didn't either. I didn't it's either. like the shit that they're highlighting is stuff we already know about them. You know what I mean? They've had, I feel like they've had a lot of press and attention about yes. who they are. But, like, I thought, I don't know, maybe I'm wanting more of their actual sort of football philosophy, but I think it's pretty simple. It's like they just coach the fundamentals all the time and try to get people to remember, like, you have one job to do as a player every play, and you just need to fucking do that. And if you're not going to do that consistently, you're going to lose. And uh, they kind of shit on analytics a little bit. That they did, which funny. I thought was funny, yeah. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, but it's like I already know all that stuff about them. I was hoping for some, some real juice, you know? Yeah. But, I, I like because, like, analytics have a place in football, but not as much as they do in baseball and basketball because you have a longer sample size, like 162 games versus 16 games. Like, uh, trends and regression and shit like that isn't going to come into play over a yeah. season like it will in baseball. Um, I think the situational analytics is kind of interesting. Yeah, yeah, like when to go for it, stuff like that. <clears throat> yeah, I'm sure all that stuff helps. That kind but... of stuff. Um, and I think coaches are definitely buying into it. But, yeah, it's like it's still a game of fundamentals when it comes yeah. down to it. I thought the other thing that was interesting so. was when, they're, when Belichick was like, just going over the situations. Like you always hear about them coaching situational football and it wasn't even really like a coaching. They weren't like running plays. It was like at the end of the practice and he was just going over scenarios for kickoffs in the fourth quarter. Like if we're up by three points and there's two minutes left and the team has zero timeouts, what are they going to do on kickoff? And he points at a guy. He's like, what are they going to do? Yeah, onside kick. Now, if we're up by 17 points at the start of the fourth quarter and they have their hands team on and uh, kick, uh, kick return or, or kickoff, what are they going to do if their hands team's out there? Like, just like having those things, like, I think those are like the things that separate really good coaches where yeah. other coaches aren't going to put their players in situations where they feel like they ha- like everybody needs to know that because – yeah, and that's a lot like of guys are just leave that to special teams or whatever. And I think when you play for coaches like Belichick or Saban, you're probably always scared they're going to ask you a question that you don't know the answer to, and if you don't have the answer, they're going to embarrass you in front of everybody. <laughs> you Correct. know what I mean? It's that's like being in the like class. The experience of being a head coach for twenty years, right. plus however long he's in Cleveland. Like you just you know the game like inside and out. You know everything. Um, there's just there's very little uh, to, you know, to uh, uncover at that point. Right. Which is why, segue, 
I kind of like Vic Fangio and I like the way he handles his press conferences and I kind of like the way he doesn't seem to overhype players. Some of, and not everybody probably sees or hear this, but some of the criticism he's gotten throughout the season is he never says anything nice about the players. He never will throw them a bone during his press conferences. He's always saying like they could be better than what they are. And it's, like, I kind of want that. For the most coach. part, they could be, especially this That's, season. Yeah, it's been true. I feel like he's not going to praise somebody unless they, you know, earn it. And yeah, and he praised Drew Locke probably as much as he's praised anybody after the Texans game. Yeah, it's hard uh, not to after that game. But yeah, uh, we've talked about it. Like, the takes that radio guys oh. uh, come up with is so – they're just so absurd. But, like, I, I respect the ability to, uh, to fill – like 15 hours of sports yeah, talk a week. we have a hard time doing one hour a week. Exactly. Yeah, but like strike these comments from the record in case any like radio station wants to hire us, I'll do it. Uh, yeah, we can do three hours so easy. I'll do it right now. It's like, uh, I don't know. what Radio kind of just takes the fun out of football for me. It does, yeah. You and we like, don't have the voices for it. Like we don't have those radio-friendly voices. You're right. We have podcast voices. Yeah, podcast voices are for people who sound like turds. Which is yeah, nice. exactly. Just really grating nasally. Ah, uh, uh, why? Why can't the Broncos voices. find a quarterback? Ah, that's our voices. And then yeah, radio. But if we're on the radio, well, Vic William Fangio hasn't praised Drew Locke. Is this his last season in Denver? <laughs> Rich Gangarello, why does he need to be fired today? I could do the whole thing just like as John Hamm from Mad Men, oh, I think. Yeah. Drew Locke. Drew, why, would, why would Drew Locke? <laughs> yeah, that kind of sounds Vick like, that why would sounds he like him. not praise his young quarterback? Is it time for Vic Fangio to be shown the door here yeah. in Denver? If you talk like that all the time, you would definitely work in radio. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I'd be getting girls, too. Just yeah, like, that's just like Don Draper. Is it too early to call Drew Locke a Hall of Famer? We discuss after Should we game. fit Drew Locke for the Hall of Fame jacket right now, or should we wait until after the Kansas City game? What kind of jockstrap should we fit Drew Locke for? A golden, large, extra, extra large jockstrap to contain his horse cock. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of which, you can get uh, horse cock lock shirts on uh, thatsgoodsports.com. They are available now. It's, yeah, it's not that's goodsports.com. It's, oh, it's, uh, sorry, Teespring. But you can it, you can find it off of that's good sports. Yeah, teespring.com slash store slash that's good sports merch, or just look at the the links in my description of my main YouTube channel. Uh, that shirt's right. already selling pretty well. We've got those and lock hard shirts. Lock hard, baby. Which uh, somebody are like? <laughs> okay, so I. I Last week during the game, I tweeted something about the horse cock lock emojis, and it did really well. And I was like, oh, yeah, I should probably look at uh, getting shirts made for that. And I had a designer design them. They're pretty cool. But then somebody was like, you need to make lock hard shirts. And a few people responded to it. I was like, okay, yeah, lock hard. I'll do that too. And then yesterday night, um, Mario Vintanzi uh, or Ben Albright, I think, like responded to my lock hard shirt. And then Mario posted like this, uh, somebody did like a, a design of Drew Locke on the Buzz Lightyear body. Yeah. And some guy was just like, this is so much, much better than Locke Hard. Just out of nowhere. <laughs> I was like, hey, what the Chill fuck, out, man? man? <laughs> just don't buy a shirt if you don't like it. Oh, oh, I'm sorry that Locke Hard isn't as good as a fucking Pixar design animation, man. And it was like one of those Dude. things that was so stupid. But then I just started thinking about it, and I'm like, oh, God, is the Lockhart thing really that stupid? Like, I know it's stupid. It's a silly thing to put on a shirt, but there are going to be people who want a silly thing on a shirt, and uh, yeah. it really – I got in my head about it is the point. Well, and, yeah. Do we have – I think we have, like, another design on the way probably. I don't know if you've gotten to it, but we've had ideas. Oh, uh, I, yeah, and I don't even know if I'm going to do that one on a shirt. I just wanted to make that a graphic, but uh, you can reveal it since it's your your baby. Oh, we'll save is, it. We'll save it. Okay. It's good. It's real good. We'll save it. Um, I'll save some uh, 
maybe like some late eighties uh, boy band kind of stuff. If yeah. you can put that together in your head, rhymes with lock. Just think about it, guys. Yeah. My okay. Before we uh, talk more about Drew Lock, here's here's my <laughs> here's my question about the Buzz Lightyear thing. Yeah. Uh, okay, Drew Lock's. I guess that was his nickname in college or something. Horsecock Lock. No, Buzz Lightyear. Oh no! I think it was. Uh, I think it was more recent. I think it was like Dalton Reisner, Connor McGovern, who like made fun of him for the for the QB wristband. Oh, they so they were making fun of like the wristband, saying yeah. it looked like Buzz Lightyear. Yeah. Okay, and then so last game, you know, Locke's playing great, and he does the Buzz Lightyear sort of laser right. beam, phaser beam bullshit. Yeah. Uh, and now, like Buzz Lightyear, people are running with this thing. My question to you is, is Buzz Lightyear, is that a lame nickname to have? Is that a lame thing to be compared to? It's not super intimidating uh, being as though it is a Disney character. Uh, What I worry about with celebrations pretty much every time is, (laughs) are people going, is someone going to sack Drew Locke or intercept him and then like make fun of the celebration? Because it's so easy to do that against a quarterback because, like, a quarterback's responsible for, you know, a couple of negative plays every game. Yeah. I mean, Buzz Lightyear – I mean, that's like <laughs> so a, a defender imitating this, just pushing your wrist after a sack. I kind of want to see that now. Like, that's uh, – <laughs> I don't – I really don't want to see it, to be honest. I don't want to see – It's not that cool of a celebration. I don't want to see our beautiful boy touch the dirt once in well yeah nobody does um not once i'm just saying like it's not that cool of a celebration but broncos fans are going to support it because we haven't had a quarterback celebrate in years i don't know i don't remember the last quarterback we had that did a celebration drew lock could get on the ground and put his legs over his head and pretend to suck his own dick and we would say (laughs) yeah that is the best quarterback celebration we have ever seen. Yeah, but that would be – okay, that would work because that would be an own on, uh, like, the defenders that tried to imitate that. It's like, oh, you're just – out of context, it just looks like you're just trying to suck your own dick on the field. Also, it might lead to injury. Uh, if, you know, Drew Locke, as we know, very flexible, very pliable human being. Someone like, uh, you know – Chris Jones on the Chiefs tries to suck his own dick. That might lead to catastrophic injury. Yeah. I mean, that's a so, – It'd be like that. Locke luring them into traps. By Also, Drew Locke, uh, he's got a much better chance of being able to suck his own dick because it is so big. Uh, whereas, you know, most of the Kansas City Chiefs, you really got to, you know, you really got to dig your head in there. You really got a ways to go. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not gonna disagree with you there. No, uh, of course not. Uh, so we also found, yeah, we also found out about um, his preference on chain restaurants. I know you and I are both a fan of chain restaurants. Well, we are, and just not this chain. No, no, we both support a certain chain restaurant, um, which is some would call a rival of Drew yeah. Locke's. Uh, his favorite place, which is Applebee's. He said that after high school basketball games, he would go to Applebee's with the boys and get uh, half-priced appetizers after 9 o'clock, uh, as well as uh, kiwi lemonade. Mm. Uh, my question is, you know, why not take a little, you know, a little bit of an extra trip and go to a real restaurant, a real man's restaurant yeah. like Chili's? Got to go to Chili's. You got to get the chips and salsa with the side of ranch. Get the, half uh, ranch, no, get half the, salsa. Get the, treat yourself a little bit. Get the chips and queso. Come on. Okay. Yo, Mr. Mr. Rich Kid. Somebody grew up rich. Yeah, yeah. Like Drew Locke didn't grow up rich. Come on. Oh, yeah. Wasn't he – didn't – he dated uh, one yeah, of the yeah. Hunt daughters? Right. Yeah. So he I dated one of the Chiefs owner's daughters. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of crazy. Um, someone posted uh, – someone tweeted out a picture of Drew Locke and his girlfriend next to Patrick Mahomes. Oh, yeah, that was fucked girlfriend. up. Girlfriend. Um, 
and I'm not trying to, you know, uh, I'm not trying to uh, judge a woman based on her level of attractiveness, but uh, it's just, they just look like a better couple. They look more natural. Um, so they, like they would be happier love. together. They look happy. The um, love looked more true. Yeah. Yeah. More comfortable with each other. Um, yeah, I mean, Patrick Holmes' girlfriend looks like, a, you know, she's fine, but um, she had that weird, like, post, Instagram post a year ago, if you remember that, about, like, her grandpa dying at the Chiefs game or, like, during a Chiefs game. It was weird. Um, yeah, I don't remember that. Anybody who remembers that knows what I'm talking about. That was strange. Uh, Drew Locke's girlfriend's never done anything like that. Just saying. Um <laughs> So, yeah, that's just another point for Drew Locke. Um, some people have said, I think on uh, the Around the NFL podcast, that he doesn't have the face of a franchise quarterback, which is bullshit uh, and stupid and ignorant. Then you should be fired for saying that. But they've also proposed that Drew Locke should grow a beard. Mm. Um, what do you think about that? Are they, is it because he's, he looks so young? I guess so. Because so. every time he comes on the TV, my wife just says, he looks like a he looks like a boy. He looks like a young boy. I saw somebody yesterday. <laughs> they tweeted like he wasn't going to be a good quarterback because he was too good looking. And they said Elway ugly face, Manning ugly face, Drew Locke's too pretty. <laughs> Which uh, Elway not... was not ugly. Elway was not ugly when he was in the NFL. Um. So there's a lot of takes here. Uh. If. I don't know. Can he grow a beard? It just depends. That's another question. That's another I, question. I'll support any quarterback in their beard beard growing, obviously. Um, I use mine to hide all my problems. So as long as he doesn't start throwing interceptions and if he beats the Chiefs this weekend, he can do whatever the freak he wants. Frick. You're absolutely right. Um, should we talk about that game a little bit? Yeah, I think so, Will. KC right now, 4-0 against the AFC West this season. Uh, the Broncos have swept the Chargers, but, uh, you know, they lost to the Raiders. They lost to the Chiefs. And now they will play both of those teams again. And we might have a really good quarterback now. So We might. And Patrick Mahomes has some mysterious hand injury. Right. He's already getting uh, the star treatment in Kansas City where, you know, this will happen with elite quarterbacks. Um, not saying that Patrick Mahomes is. But whenever you, whenever they don't play well, uh, they, the media will make up a fake injury um, to deflect from the fact that he's just not that good. Right, but it was apparent he had a hand injury during okay. that game. Okay. Come out of the game then, dude. Why? He's supposed to be the superhuman uh, athlete. Like, you can't. Uh, he can't shrug off a little uh, boo-boo on his hand. He beat the Patriots with one hand, Will. He, oh, he beat the Patriots. Travis Kelsey did all the work. Come on. And the referees did all the work. Dude, it was so nice. Was a heavy the, the Patriots get none of the calls. It was very funny. Oh, um, my God. You just don't see that. I know you were watching with your, with your Chiefs jersey and your Chiefs hat. Right. Um, Rooting for the <laughs> rooting for right. the Chiefs over the Patriots, um, but it was very funny. Uh, even though I wanted the Patriots to win that game, let's just wait until there is an actual seating where or situation where seating would be affected by a Chiefs game, where it would help the Broncos if they lost. We'll I'm see. Sure that we'll see my Chiefs colors then. Will affecting seating. Um, <laughs> anyway, yeah, no. So we've lost to the Chiefs eight straight times horrible uh, but we should mention that the quarterbacks in that span have been a hobbled Peyton Manning Peyton Manning probably in the worst game of his career yep um who yeah he left midway through due to injury uh two Trevor Simeon games the first of which the Broncos should have won um that Sunday night game that oh, right was that was a good game yeah, that the the defense let them down in that game. That's when we thought, you know, Simeon was going to be the answer because even in a loss, he yeah. played pretty damn good. So he still could be. Uh, we got three straight Trevor Simeon games. We got a Paxton Lynch game at the end of the 2017 season. So you had that. You had two straight Case Keenum games and then a Joe Flacco game. 
So if the Chiefs want to hang their hat on wins versus those quarterbacks, you know, be my guest. I think um, somehow they should have found a way to go 9-0 in those eight games considering who we were trotting out there. This time it's a little different. You had Drew Locke, and he's coming off of, uh, you know, maybe one of the most dominant rookie performances ever. Um, One win against an 8-5 and team on the road, just a dominating performance. So keep in mind, that game finished 38 to 24. They're up 38 to three after the first drive of the third quarter. Yeah. And mercifully, they took their foot off the gas um, because, you know, Denver and Houston, they're kind of, you know, they've got a lot of connections. They've got pals. Yeah. You got to keep that relationship. There is nice. something like that. Yeah. A lot of people though are calling for a lock regression saying that, uh, a lot of what happened in Houston was luck, which is absurd. I think that's silly. It's it's preposterous. Um, I thought I like. I thought more luck happened in his first performance than his second performance. Yeah, and, I mean and, the, the like the the hail mary pass interference at the end of the game. Yeah, yeah, it was luck, but and obviously you know, you're throwing that ball. Uh, on the off chance that happens. Yeah, you're hoping a big completion or pass interference. And Cortland Sutton's first touchdown catch was, you know, I would say m- mostly Sutton making just an amazing catch. But you mm-hmm. got to have a guy obviously going to put the ball there for your receiver to make a play. But I would say in that Texans game, there's a lot more tangible evidence to make us feel good about Drew Locke's prospects as a quarterback moving There's forward. also a lot of evidence uh, that we should be excited about the future of the Scangarella-Locke pairing together because Locke made some really incredible throws in that game. There's no denying that. Um, I can think of, you know, the Noah Fant touchdown was terrific. Uh, just a yeah. throw. The sideline throw to Tim Patrick was one of the more impressive throws I've seen in a long time. Um, and this isn't to take away from Locke because you still have to hit these throws. And he hit them perfectly. Um, put them on the right shoulder every time. But Skangarella got a lot of guys wide open. That's what you and need. I think a lot of that has to – you know, the, the playbook got opened up because of Locke's arm and because of his mobility um, and because of, like, his very early uh, proficiency with – the playbook. He's more proficient with the playbook than I think a rookie would be at this point, given the same circumstances of being on IR, etc. And yeah, he uses the he uses the play sheet or the the wristband. I don't think you know. I don't. Who has a problem with that? Nobody. Nobody. People he's are fucking. He's learning. He's played two games. <laughs> right. Yeah. But somehow the media has made a story about how he's looking at his wristband while and he it's- was in center, ready to take the snap. Locked didn't start soon enough, uh, but yes. now he's being criticized because maybe he doesn't know all of the plays by heart yet, uh, double-checking, making sure he knows what he's doing. Yeah, there's. I don't give a shit if the Broncos have to burn some timeouts in the first half because he needs to double-check a play or whatever. Like, Who cares? He's throwing yeah. the ball like a real quarterback. That is something we haven't seen for right. a while. And right now... I'm just hoping we see it for, you know, more games through this season. You know, I think last year it was fun to shit on Chiefs fans because they were over, you know, what it looked like they might be over hyping Patrick Mahomes after one game. But now, like, I want to do the exact same thing with Drew Locke. (laughs) But I just hope to God, like, he keeps playing, you know, at the level he played last week. And there's going to be ups and downs with him. Uh, and honestly, this is the season for him to have some fucking lows if he needs to, but I think his low is still going to be better than, you know, what we've witnessed recently through quarterback history. So with Broncos quarterback history, as far as second guessing the coaches, uh, my general rule of thumb is that they're smarter and they're closer to the situation than I am. Uh, so most of the time, unless there's like pretty obvious gross incompetence, Josh McDaniels, for example, I'm going to side with the coaches rather than, uh, yeah. you know, the radio personalities that have a uh, hundred hours to fill. Yeah. I mean, 
there are people giving Fangio shit because he didn't have Alexander Johnson starting week one. So, <laughs> what are you gonna do? It's just like, all right. Um, okay. Well, he yeah. Let's give him credit for eventually starting him. Yeah, but uh, he didn't. I mean, Vance Joseph could have started him at any point uh, last year. Didn't. Exactly. Uh, the guy was out of football for a long time. Like, there's right. <laughs> Maybe he needed to catch up, learn the playbook himself, get back into football shape. Who knows? Yeah. All of the above, possibly. But, uh, I mean, this Chiefs game, Broncos on the road in December in Kansas City, not a good record. Uh, Chiefs good. defense is playing better. but uh, And the Broncos defense has, has played well, but that's I think the Chiefs pose a, a, a different challenge than the, the Texans did. So I'm a little worried about the, the secondary – you know, covering all of the Chiefs receiving threats. But I think tough, yeah. for the first time, like, if the Chiefs are scoring points, it feels like the Broncos offense can keep up, you know. And maybe they don't win. Maybe it is more a little bit more of a shootout type game. But uh, I feel good about – I feel so much better about this matchup than I did, you know, three weeks ago. Yeah, and they still need to play a little bit of T.O.P. ball. Um just like keeping the ball out of the Chiefs' offense's hands. Get that run game going. Get the ball out of uh, Patrick Mahomes' uh, apparently mangled hand. We haven't, we haven't seen the Broncos. In a, crushed in a factory accident. In both of Locke's starts, the run game hasn't really clicked for the Broncos. So That's what I was going to say is the first game of the year against the Chiefs, the Chiefs sold out to stop the run, and they did a good job of it, and they forced Flacco to throw. And obviously, who wasn't very effective. This time, I think if you do the same thing, and I, I think the Texans tried this to some extent, if you try to sell out to stop the run, you're going to get torched. Yeah. By, by, the, by the horse cock himself. You got to respect the pass now. You must respect the pass. Um, and that will open up, I think, the run game a little more against, you know, Kansas City's defense is playing better. Granted, against a weak Patriots offense. But I think there's still an opportunity to run the ball with, uh, you know, pretty good effectiveness against this defense. I think you still have to do it early and often. We know that Drew Lock, what Drew Locke can do, but it's not the game to get into a shootout, hopefully. Um, I think it's probably a little too early to try to win no, games. You don't want to get into a shootout. Like that. My point um, is, I think the Broncos can do a shootout now. I think they can hang. They can they, definitely hang. They haven't been able to even hang in a shootout for a couple of years now. Yeah. They don't have the weapons yet to hang like that, I don't think. They need uh, – I think they need another running back and another wide receiver, and then they will properly be able to hang. Noah Fant, I think, is really, really uh, – Turning into a weapon, though. Yeah, he's going to. His and biggest people that called him a bust are brain brain dead imbeciles. Um, the the his biggest thing still is uh, learning to you know make the tough catches. I think because uh, even his touchdown yeah. catch, he almost dropped uh, that great throw by Locke. It, okay, uh, I'm not going to fault him for that. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, that's the one area he needs to improve still. And I would look at the the possible touchdown pass last week against the Chargers. Yeah. Where Locke put a pretty good ball on it, and Fant could have uh, taken a page out of Cortland Sutton's playbook and, and tried to be a little more aggressive on that one. Yeah, and uh, even against the Vikings, like – and it's I'm not saying, like, they're – they're all very tough catches, but, like – yes. He will be an elite tight end if he starts making those plays consistently. Okay, did you see that like little uh, that really great play design where he was play he was the the blocker and then he kind of leaked out at the end and then Locke just put a little dump pass on him and he had green grass for miles. He was the fastest looking tight end I've ever seen on that play. Like him and Evan Ingram. Yeah, he's he he's so fast he's, right there. He is so much more athletic than – he's got like that Julius Thomas sort of speed to, to put, I think, fear in, in defenders and what he can do. 
just like comparing to Broncos tight ends. Yeah. I don't, um, yeah, I think he's, he's faster than Julius Thomas. Um, Thomas was, I don't know like what about Julius Thomas worked so well because uh, it just Manning. looked very easy. Probably Peyton Manning. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I mean, but it was because he was, he was very athletic. Well, um, we forgot he played basketball. Julius yeah. Thomas. And he played basketball. He did play basketball. That's probably what did it. But yeah, I think, you know, Fangio or uh, sorry, fans going to emerge as a weapon. Like, Next year, all year long, he will be a big, I mean, he's been a big weapon this year as a rookie. Yeah, he's, he's been the most productive rookie tight end. Cortland Sutton uh, is going to continue to be dominant. Tim Patrick could be like that number two guy. Um, and yeah, I think like they need that, uh, they need the receiver who's going to do all the dirty work, all the inside routes, the, the guy that Locke looks to on third down all the time. They got to find that piece. Yeah, um, and it, you know, I think it's probably too early to give up on Hamilton. Um, although, yeah, you know, I mean, he's getting more targets now with Locke. Yeah, and you still don't know what's gonna, what will become of Juwan Winfrey either. Right. Because I'm, you know, we're so quick to label players uh, now. It's, yeah, we like we like to make fun of that, but rookies, you you can't expect anything of rookies, really. No, of like. Just, Mid to late round rookies, you can't really expect anything year one, and it's a pleasant surprise if they're productive um, or they know what they're doing. But aside from like, you know, you want production like day one out of like someone like Saquon Barkley or a top five guy like Bradley Chubb. But to expect anything of uh, a player drafted in like round five is lunacy, and you have to give them time to develop. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think any then, guy like you take out of the, the third round, you're going to assume, like, they're probably going to be a, a development, you know, type yeah. player, which is got to get, get some time for them in the system. I mean, there's just so much, like, as a young guy going into this high-profile job, you're trying to learn. It's whether it's changing kind of how you play the game, you're, you have a whole new playbook, a whole new – thing you're you're trying style to style of play like digest and nfl are mentally two different games and you're the the level of competition jumps significantly you know what i mean yeah. so the guys like saquon barkley who can just go into the nfl and they're already they're still that much better athletically than you know other guys which is just a little bit now and even barkley's struggling this year whether that's injuries or the giants just being you know terrible uh yeah. There's a lot of stuff to battle there. So, yeah, there could be guys on the Broncos offense that in the receiving department that could fill that role. And defensively, what they've gotten out of depth players this year has far exceeded my expectations. And if they can add just a little bit more talent to the defense, then next year they could be – it could actually be the year that they make the leap back into being a competitive team. What I don't want is I don't want them to be like the trendy pick this offseason. Want to be like the, the sleeper. Browns were last year, right? Um, well, that's fair. That rarely goes according to plan, I think. Yeah, and they need the consistency of coaching. And yeah, with yeah, Munchak, with Fangio, with uh, fucking Rich Scangarello, like let those guys just, just have some time to breathe. Right Keep let Donatel, breathe. obviously. Yeah. Just let them breathe. Keep them all. Keep them all, man. A team that I think might get screwed because their co- is the the Niners with their defensive coach. Oh, Robert like Sala, yeah. Sala being projected as like one of the hot coaching candidates this offseason. Yeah. And yeah, he they stuck with him through some pretty low points too. And, and he needs credit for that. Organizations have to start trying to figure out how to keep those those type of coordinators around. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's and if you're a coordinator and you're really, really good at coordinating and Maybe, yeah, maybe they're not always cut out to be a head coach. Yeah, stick around. Like, ride, like Kubiak did that perfectly, I thought, with the Broncos back. He could have left, I think, after the first Super Bowl and right after the second Super Bowl. But, you know, stick when you got something good going, fucking enjoy that. Because when you go to another team, they're probably going to suck, and you're probably going to suck for a while. And Expectations if you don't get the, are sky high. Yeah, and if you don't get the opportunity, to, the time to make that team better, you're probably going to get fucking fired. So, yeah, and what we learned from that Belichick statement documentary is, you know, off, Belichick talks about like how 
much easier it was to be a coordinator than a head coach. Like you could spend time with your family as a defensive coordinator because Bill Parcells took care of the problems in Newark. Uh, but you have to be as much like a, just like a manager, just a yeah. manager of a high level uh, NFL franchise, like just a, a huge conglomerate with 53 different personalities and, a, and you have to manage the coaching staff and hire guys it is. It takes so much of a different skill set, I think, to be a head coach than it does to be a coordinator. And some coordinators have that personality where they can become successful head coaches and they have those skills and the experience necessary. And other guys are just coordinators. Yeah, and I, I don't know what Sala is. You have is. to figure out yeah. which ones can do that. Yeah, I mean, I think as a coordinator – a lot of guys believe they can be head coaches and they're not, but just in like when you're part the 49ers could be good for a very long time. If they just, if they keep all of those people around, I feel like. Um, yeah. And I still think they have the talent and they've invested the resources in, yeah. into their defense where they'll survive a coordinator change, but That's obviously another, well, yeah, if the, they'll be fine. I'm talking about like, he's going to go somewhere and not be as fine. And a lot of coordinators, I feel like learn that, a big part of their success comes when they have a lot of great players on their defense. Yeah, uh, exactly. We saw that in Seattle, like after Dan Quinn left and the defense in Seattle stayed good for years after him. And, you know, he has had a hard, I mean, he get, he did get the, the Falcons to the Super Bowl, but he had what a great offensive coordinator on his team and Kyle Shanahan. Yeah. Kyle Shanahan got the Falcons to the Super Bowl. Yeah. So the I defense mean, is good though. I guess it can work out, but I'm, I don't know what my point was. Point was like, take the easier job and win some Super Bowls, and then go try the really hard job later. Yeah, mm. I agree. Okay, we're running very long, so let's yeah. just we'll let's do these quicks. Picks. Pickley, Pickley, quickly. Will uh, Jets, quickly. Ravens, the final Thursday night game. Lamar Jackson, twenty-two yards or twenty-three yards away from passing Michael Vick. Uh, and if the Ravens win, they clinch the NFC North. Uh, also, if they lock their playoff seating, they are supposed to start RG3 Week 17. So, Interesting. Those are all the things I came Guess up what? with. Here's my take. J-E-T-S. No, it's Jets. No, I'm taking the Ravens. I, I thought about that today. I thought, I've got, oh, this might I've be got one of those. Com- I've got a pick competition to win. I'm not taking the Jets. I'm not relying on the Jets as fun as it would be. I thought they – today I thought they might be able to win this game. This could be – And the Ravens I think are due for a letdown, but God forbid I go against my number one rule. Yeah, uh, they're at home on Thursday night. They are the far superior team. Yeah. Jets defense is better than I think they get credit for, but the Ravens are 16.5-point favorites. I'm taking those Ravens too. Yep. Okay. Uh, Buccaneers at Lions. Uh, people are talking about because Jameis Winston is so – he's just – he fills up every stat category. Like a lot of touchdowns, a lot of interceptions, a lot of yards. Uh, a lot of, <laughs> they're talking about like the Bucks should now re-sign or extend Jameis Winston. Really bad idea. Yeah, well, he leads – doesn't he lead the league, like, in touchdown passes, yards, and interceptions? He's on pace for 32 touchdowns, 28 picks, somewhere around 5,000 yards. Ask yourself, is that really going – like, what has that gotten you this season? And where is it going to take you in the future? Do you think Got he's going to stop throwing interceptions? Like, yeah, he's he's uh, – no, Super he's never going to stop throwing interceptions. If he hasn't learned by now, he's not going to. He's not going to learn. He's just got that like dumb play gene. Yeah, he's no, he's not a smart quarterback. Read dumb plays a game. He is going to not read the defense correctly several times a game, and he's going to put the ball where he shouldn't always. Yeah. And he's always going to do really impressive things too. Like, mm-hmm. but yeah, I wouldn't. I would. You have to move on from him. Yeah, you but the Bucks are favored by three and a half on the road to the Lions, who just keep losing and losing. I don't think is Matt. 
I, I don't even know why, if he was healthy, you would start Matthew Stafford at this point. No, no. Uh, and I, I would, uh, I would tell the Lions to to keep David Blau in uh, until at least week seventeen. Yeah, uh, I'll take Tampa on the road. Yeah, I'm taking Tampa as well. Uh, Eagles at the Washington Redskins. Eagles won in overtime on Monday Night Football. Not super convincing. Uh, granted, they're playing at home against the two and whatever New York Giants. Yeah, the NFC East is really bad. They speaking of like you know we talked about Drew Locks is having the best weapons right now, but uh, Carson Wentz is probably doing the most with the least. Yeah, Alshon Jeffrey's now on IR with a foot injury, so he's gonna he's gonna have to keep doing the most with the least. JJ, and they're in the playoff race. JJ they're gonna Wentz. play the Cowboys. They kind of control their their future here. Um, yeah. Zach Ertz is going to be heavily used over the next. Basically, if you're playing the Eagles, just double Zach Ertz the whole game. It's not that hard. The dumb thing about the NFC East is, I could very easily see them winning a playoff game. Yeah, I could see the Cowboys. The Cowboys beat the Seahawks in the playoffs last year. Uh, like, does anyone any think that they couldn't do it again this year just because they they are going to no. go like seven and nine or eight and eight? The Cowboys aren't good, but they they, can they literally like can win game. any game. They yeah. can win any game they play. You can say that about any team, obviously. But Cowboys, there is enough talent there where yeah, things go, could randomly click. Yeah, Zeke could have 150 yards. Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper did classic Amari Cooper this year. Has all these yeah, big games, and then like, there's no reason gone. they shouldn't be good. He's yeah, yeah, gone. We talked about that when he came over from the Raiders, and we looked we looked wrong because he played so well in Dallas. We're like he just dis- like he will do nothing for weeks, and he's doing it again. And I'm not even saying like that's his fault, but maybe defenses just know how to take him out of a game, and then also he'll have like 200 yards now that I said that this weekend. Yeah. So. I'm actually going to take the Redskins here. Oh, interesting. Give Haskins a little uh, little bit of uh, All right. credit for how he's I'll take playing. I'll take Philly. Okay. Uh, the Bears at the Packers. Uh, really uninteresting game to start the season. This time oh, in yeah. Lambeau, I will take the Packers. Yeah, give me the Even Packers. Even though the Bears too. have picked things up, Mitch Trubisky played really well a week yeah, against Trubisky's them. looked good recently. The Bears did lose Roquan Smith. I think that hurts their defense a little bit. Yeah. Um, I'll bet on Aaron Rodgers, though. Yeah, Packers Packers need to start, like, streaking now. Now is their time. Now is their time. And they are four-and-a-half favorites. Patriots at Bengals. Um, obviously, we know about the whole filming scandal. Yep. Patriots Probably, already know how to beat them. Yeah, I'll take the Patriots. Yes, Patriots will beat the Bengals. Interesting game coming up. Texans at Titans. Uh, I Ooh, think they're, yeah. they're tied for – They are tied. Eight, I think the Texans have the tiebreaker. But, yeah, this is the first of their two meetings. Ryan Tannehill has been playing so well. Uh he was one of the few quarterbacks better than our quarterback last week. Uh, the Texans are coming off of just an abominable game where, you know, but then again, you know, you're not going to face another Drew Locke this season. So no. that's the worst it's going to get. But Brian Tannehill has been playing really well too. Um, he's, he just, he's so efficient. And even on that interstate, he threw. He he beat. He just knocked the hell tackled, out of that defender. Tackled the sh- such a what good. What more tackle. can you ask for? Um, it was such a perfect form tackle, too. I mean, the man played wide receiver. He could probably play like safety. Yeah, Ryan Tannehill, comeback player of the year. I agree. He's finally taking the great leap forward. Uh, my question though is, if you're the Titans, would you extend Tannehill to like a significant like five year contract? So that's uh, kind of the market. Probably. I mean, yeah, I would do see like five if, years, 150. I would see if he would. <laughs> I would see if he. That we, makes we me could, nervous. We could work out a better deal, but uh, you got to feel good about Tannehill if you're the Titans. Yeah. Um, I think he's gonna, earned like a pretty solid deal with not too much guaranteed money and like an ability to get out of it after two or three years. Yeah. I mean, I feel like he's worth like, he's worth Joe Flacco money. <laughs> Tell you that. Oh, of course. Yeah. He's worth 20 million a year. 
Um, yes, definitely. So I'm gonna t- give me the Titans. Yeah, I'm taking the Titans too. The Texans defense is starting to become a big concern. It's a problem without JJ Watt. Yeah, and Kareem uh, Jackson. Mm, God, that's gotta suck to see him yeah. play so well. And Bradley Roby get like picked on by Noah Fant. Yeah. Uh, Seahawks at Panthers. Give me the Seahawks. Bounce back. Panthers are uh, sinking like they did last season. Yeah, I'll take the Seahawks too. Somehow we're going to get another Panthers season of all or nothing, and it's going to suck. Oh, we decided to do the first team for two years in a row in our three-year history of this show. It's like like when we got hard knocks and all or nothing LA Rams. Oh, yeah. That was rough. Lame. Uh, Broncos, Chiefs. We already will reveal our picks. No, we got a pick for the for your boy T. I'm gonna take the Broncos. Taking the Broncos too. Fuck yeah. Minus ten is a slap in the face. Oh, ten point favorites, Chiefs. Let's just say I don't think that's gonna happen. <laughs> <laughs> They're minus net. They're nine point underdogs last week. The Broncos, something like that. Yeah. All right. Dolphins at Giants. Now this is an interesting uh, game. Geez. Will I did a whole video about this because if the we Dolphins really have to play this game, if the Dolphins beat the Giants, they could they could trade with the Giants to get the number one overall draft pick. If then the Dolphins purposely lose to the Bengals the next week. Yeah, that could that could work out pretty nicely for them, especially like with the Bengals starting Andy Dalton. Like you can lose a game to them without trying too hard. Uh, the Dolphins, but they're just they're too they're too competitive. They almost snuck a win against the Jets like without scoring a touchdown, um, which is pretty impressive, I think. Yeah, seven field goal game. If they could get like three wins in the season, everybody thought they were the worst team in NFL history. Far from it. Yeah, not even the worst team this year. Uh, and that's a testament to Brian Flores. He's he's been really really good. And I think they, you know, once he gets some talent there, uh, watch out. But if you could, you know, look like the worst team for the first six weeks, then win three games and still find a way to tank your way back. In the last number one pick, first pick. Yeah. Um, That's some clever shit. Very clever and has to be applauded. Clever shit. I don't think the Bengals will lose more than two games or win more than two games. No, they just, the Bengals just have to lose one more game. And if it's Giants and Bengals in a tiebreaker with two wins each, the Giants get the first pick because they play in the NFC East and they have a weaker overall schedule. So, I'm going to take the Dolphins to win this game. Uh, I'll take the Giants. Ooh, I Eli, yes. I think Eli's playing again. Um, Have, fun really sure point. Have fun at your funeral. Have fun at your funeral. Gags at Raiders. Give me the Raiders. Jags looked Yeah, they looked bad. Broken. They looked broken against the Chargers. <laughs> Raiders did not look good either. But I'm going to take the Raiders. No, but they're competitive for a while. Yeah, I'll, t- I'll take the Raiders. And this is the last game of the Coliseum. Let it- oh, that's right. Yeah. Oh, At this man. point, like – That makes me think they're going to lose. That, now that makes me think they're going to lose. Now, I don't know. I You know, I'm okay with them. I'm going to stick with the Raiders. And then you got Browns, Cardinals. Browns, two, point, two and a half point faves. Um, I'll take the Cardinals <sighs> at home. I was going to take the Cardinals, too, for a Kyler Murray bounce-back game. But I'll, I'll take the Browns on the road. Okay, Vikings at the Chargers of Los Angeles. Going to be a lot of Vikings fans here. Um, yeah, and, and, them. and uh, Adam Thielen, he is, should be back finally playing for the Vikings. Rivers had a time last week against the, the Jags, but Minnesota's defense is a lot better right now. I'll take many. Minnesota. Yep. And we've got the Kyle Shanahan Bowl. Ooh, yeah. On Monday Night Football to, to close the week. Um, That's oh, not Monday on. Night Football. No, no, no. Oh, I'm sorry. 
I didn't scroll down far enough. I'm, uh, I've failed you. Not Monday Night Football. Um, Falcons at 49ers, though. It's still the, uh, still the Shanahan Bowl. 49ers favored by 10 and a half. Uh, the Falcons could sneaky uh, yeah, disrupt Cal- things here. Falcons will either make this competitive or they're going to get their ass kicked. Don't I'll know still yet. take the 49ers either way. Yeah, I'm going 49ers. Uh, Rams at Cowboys. Kind of interesting Rams. game now because Rams are on, what, a two-game win streak? And they've looked yeah. really good the last two weeks. Cowboys desperately need a win. Uh, Just give me the Rams. Yeah, give me the Rams too. Monday night – or Sunday night, because I believe this yeah. game was flexed into Sunday night football. Bills at Steelers. Yeah, well done too by NBC. A, B, or a, yeah, AFC playoff implications abound in this one. Correct. Steelers yeah. are in the playoffs right now, uh, but if the Bills beat them, that probably bounces them out depending on what else happens. Uh, Steelers defense, very good. Bills defense, very good. Quarterbacking, dicey for the Steelers. Josh Allen developing, developing. I'm going to go with the Bills on the road. I'll take the Steelers. Ooh. Not on the road. Ooh. I think uh, we see some some mistakes by by Hodges that cost okay. Steelers. I think that's fair. He played well against uh, one of the worst defenses in the league last week. So um, I'll I'll just take the I'll take the Steelers just because they know what they're doing around him and yeah. I think they'll have a plan for Josh Allen. Yeah, I think uh, throwing throwing one touchdown against the Cardinals doesn't sell me. So Colts at Saints. Uh, I'll take the Saints. Saints favored by nine. Will and I pick the Saints. Super Bowl rematch. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Michael Thomas is on some record-setting paces, so you can watch for that. Is that our only Super Bowl rematch of the week? Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Let's see. Yeah, sure is. All right. Jets and the Ravens have never played in a Super Bowl. Um... That, all right, that, yeah. Hopefully, one of us gains some ground. Actually, no. I wanted I wanted to come down to the wire. Maybe the last game of the year. That'll make it interesting for me, you, and. You. Are we counting? Are we going to count the playoffs? Though I think we should count the playoffs. No, that's fine. Yeah, we can do yeah. that. Maybe the Pro Bowl. Either. Playoffs are so much easier because there's so many fewer games. Yeah. Okay, you made all it. Right. We did it. We did it. Bye.